If everyone can come on in and have a seat, we'll get started in just a minute. Thank you all for coming. It's so nice to see so many of the ladies were able to make it today. Got a couple more. All right, well, um, I hope you guys are all excited to see what Christina has planned for us. From my side, I get to see everything before you guys do. And um, Christina has some really great ideas. I think you guys are going to be excited to see what she has in mind. Um, and I think there's going to be some different things that everyone will be able to enjoy, which is nice because, you know, we all have different schedules, we have different interests and different things going on. And so I think that everyone will be pleased. Um, I'm excited for you all to hear. And I'm, I've also been, um, you know, blessed to see how God works because, as we know, God prepares us in advance for the work that he has for us. And God has already set out for us good works. And so um, it's been just interesting and, and cool to see how the different experiences that Christina has had have enabled her to come into this position, which I believe God has placed her in, so that she can serve our community so well. Just as Michelle served us so well for 20 years, I think Christina is the one to come in uh, for the next 20 years. So... <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> Only God knows. Uh, so I'm going to go ahead and, and pray for us, and then Christina's going to come up and get started. Lord, I thank you uh, for this beautiful day, and I thank you for these lovely ladies that are in our church, Lord. I ask that you would be with us all as we are listening to Christina's words and help us to be excited and to uh, want to participate and be a, an active part of this body. And Lord, I ask that you would bless Christina and give her wisdom as she um, takes on such a large project. So um, Lord, I just ask that you would just be with us today and, and let us have a wonderful time of fellowship and be encouraged and ready for the next phase of our church. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, good morning, everyone. Thank you so much for coming. We are going to start with some trivia. So here's how we're going to do it. Take a look at your name tag, and you should see a little star of varying colors, blue. You should see a heart of varying colors, <laughs> blue, yellow, green, red, I think. Okay, so you're competing against others of your colors. This is heartless, ruthless. We're going to be fighting. Okay, so if you have a red heart, raise your hand. Okay, red hearts, this first question is for you. So any red heart can stand up at the close of the question, and if I see you first, I call on you, and you get a chance to answer. If it's incorrect, I guess another red heart can go till we get it, okay? Um, and that's how we do it. There is a bonus question at the end that it's open to anybody. So, red hearts, this one is for you. And those were stars because I should have just looked at the stickers. All right, here we go, reds. Question one, reds. Roughly how much of the human body is water? 20%? 40%, 60%, or 80%. Okay, Teresa. It is not 80%. I think I saw... Rita, I did see you second. Do you still want to... Okay, okay. Well, maybe the body is depleting itself. I don't know. Lynn, I see you still standing. Do you want to take a stab at it? 
It is 60% according to Google. So <laughs> congratulations. Okay, let's go with blue hearts next. Blue hearts, wave your hands. Okay, you ready? Okay, so let's say stand at the minute I stop speaking, okay? Versus stand during it. And I think June's ready. Are you a blue heart, June? Let's see. What is the name of the process that plants have to do to create food for themselves, Tamara? It is photosynthesis. Good job. Okay, green hearts. This next one's for you. Yeah, yeah, show who Greenheart is. Okay, Greenhearts. The Outer Banks of Catteret County, North Carolina, are home to what 56-mile-long L Cape and National Seashore, running from Ocracoke Inlet to Buford Inlet? Courtney. Okay, thank you. Thank you, Renee. It is not. It is not. Okay. It is not Mountains of Sea Trail. Any other greens? Yeah. It is not the Outer Banks. The key here is it is an L cape. So the cape starts with the letter L. That's your hint. I think, Tinker, are you agreeing? Do you want to try? a cape lookout. Good job. <laughs> okay. Now I think we're up to yellows, correct? Okay. Yellows, raise your hands. Yellows, yellows. Okay. Okay. Yellows. Okay. There we go. In Exodus chapter 15, what problem did the Israelites encounter at Mara? Michelle, go ahead. Bitter water is correct. Good job. Okay. For this bonus question, you can stand at any point you hear me as, uh, as I'm speaking, okay? Because this is open to everybody. For this bonus question, what is the common denominator of the last four questions? Yes, Patty. It is water. Very nice. Very nice. So... I think before I tell you why water, I do want our winners to know you have a prize. So these uh, bouquets that you see out in the lobby are for you. And the grand prize is this fancy one in the middle. So we just ask that you enjoy it, but bring back the vase when you're done with it. So um, enjoy your prizes. You can pick them up on the way out. They have a little sticker that matches your sticker. So you know which one is yours. So the question, why water? Well, this is our theme. So this is the theme that is going to uh, just umbrella us this year. And this theme is from John 7, 37 to 38. So we can read it together. If you brought a Bible and you want to look it up, go ahead and do so. Uh, and I'm going to read it and then share some thoughts about John 7, 37 through 38. So let's read together. On the last day, the great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried out saying, if anyone thirst, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers 
of living water. Amen. So Vince had um, given me some thoughts to share as we were pondering this verse, and he shared that this was during the Feast of Tabernacles, which is an eight-day feast. So during the first seven days of the feast, water from the Pool of Siloam is carried in a golden pitcher and poured on the altar. And this is done to remind everyone of the water that God provided for thirsty Israel in the wilderness. On the eighth day, there was no pouring of water, but only prayers to remind everyone what had happened as they came to the promised land. So what's really interesting here is that it is taking place on the last day of the last feast, the last time Jesus would speak before many of them before going to the cross. So it says Jesus stood and cried aloud. He's standing in the temple courts outside of the temple during the feast that would remind people that God provided water in Israel in the wilderness. And now Jesus is saying he is that water. So anyone can truly come to Jesus, and that reminds us that to never lose hope for those that we know who are lost and who are not saved yet. Because thirst, when we feel thirst, it does show us a lack of something. It does bring us awareness to that lack. And Jesus is pointing that he is the only one to to quench that thirst. Um, There is no more ritual, Vince says, There's no more ritual. We don't carry this golden um, pitcher anymore. Uh, Only Jesus has done that for us. So faith in him penetrates our inner being, and it leads to the indwelling of the Holy Spirit at salvation. And the Holy Spirit continually is filling the believer to empower us to do the work that God is building in his church for his glory. So I think we're in a time where society and where circumstances have us thirsting, right? There's a deep thirst often. And so my prayer for us is that our thirst is for his word and for Jesus alone, which is truly uh, thirst quenching. Um, and my prayer also for us that we, we do stay anchored in his word so that we can pour out in love and we can water each other. And so that's what we're going to talk about today is what uh, what we're doing as women to receive that water and to be able to pour it out um, to quench to quench thirst. So I want to jump ahead to what's our mission? What are we doing? I gotta really click. There we go. Okay, so what is our mission? So you can read. I know sometimes when someone reads verbatim, you can go ahead and read, but let me pull out some important words for you that our women's ministry is encompassing women and the teen girls. You guys are so special to me. Many of you were in my class for a whole year. Many of you have been at my home for two years of youth group. So you are part of our women's ministry. Um, For all of us, our goal is to love Jesus, to be faithful followers of him. So here's some specific ways we are going to water each other. We're going to have quarterly retreats, which we'll talk about, weekly and biweekly Bible studies, biweekly prayer, monthly fellowship events, and ongoing care and service. So we're going to talk about all of this next. Okay, so here's some of our offerings. Let's talk about this. So retreats. Retreat sounds luxurious, and it really is meant to connote getting away and 
recalibrating. So retreats are going to be typically Friday night events here at the church, um, including worship, testimony time, fellowship time. Um, these are going to be seasonally. So we'll have a fall retreat, winter, spring, early summer, etc. cetera. Um, and the, this will be pretty much the only thing going on that month. So we can devote ourselves to preparing for this retreat, attending, um, and connecting with each other in our homes as needed. Bible studies. So we are going to be offering three Bible studies. We have a Tuesday morning um, that Patty's going to cover this teaching this fall. Um, and we have the timing. We have this written out for you in the lobby. So I'll do my best not to stumble on dates and times. Uh, we have a Friday night Bible study led by Sue Pope. Sorry, you know, where's Sue? Sue, Sue Pope. Um, and we also are going to be offering a Friday morning Bible study. This is going to be led by Brittany McGann, and this is um, bi-weekly. Our other two are now every week. So Bible studies will be uh, eight weeks on and four weeks off, and we'll go over the schedule next. So there'll be many opportunities for you to plug in in a weekly Bible study or if it's more your speed to do an every week Bible study, we have that option too. Um, and the Friday will be child-friendly. Of course, every study is, but this one will specifically be set up near the rooms to play and with some um, of our favorite teens there to help the kids. So that's what we're thinking with the Bible study structure. We will be announcing the book that we're studying coming very soon. So that's some things to be looking out for Bible studies. Prayer, we're going to be continuing second and fourth Thursdays. And hopefully, if you haven't had a chance to make it out to our women's prayer, please do so. Did I not say Saturday? Second fourth Saturday. Sorry if I misspoke. Still Saturday, still the same schedule for our prayer. Book club is also continuing. This is third Saturdays. And this is not pressure. You pick what works for you. If you're, hey, I can only do second Saturday, so I'm going to come to a prayer, or I can only do a third Saturday. So these offerings are to touch you in whatever season of life you're in, but there's never any pressure that you need to go to, to anything. So shame off of you. Um, fellowship fun events. So this is going to be a, a monthly just fun time. It may be a learning. It might be a creative endeavor. It may be dinner at someone's house. It may be um, any number of fun things. And hopefully, if you haven't already, you can populate the wall with just some ideas. You'll see there's, we have um, all different post-it notes to kind of get um, some ideas out there of what possibly we could do to get to know each other better, to be able to build those relationships so we can water each other truly. So these are the offerings and a couple slides from now we'll talk specific dates for the fall. Okay, so care groups. So this is something new we're trying for this year. And the idea with care groups is this is helping women in all different seasons of life to be prayed for and to have someone to go to to answer a question or to pray for more. So you may be in multiple of these seasons. You may be in one of these seasons now and be in a different season in a few months. So you can truly self-select whichever um, season you're feeling like most would most minister to you. And simply, you just are telling us that you're interested in being prayed for and telling us, updating us if you have a prayer request. Um, occasionally, one or both of us will reach out 
is there anything else I can pray for? And we're just here to to help and just be a first line of defense for whatever you need. Um, And we'll see how this develops. It could be that these groups ultimately do other things, but I think a good starting point is a starting point of prayer for each other. And so you know, no matter what life season you're in, you're being prayed for specifically and daily. So these are care groups. Um, We also have opportunities to serve. Women, I think, are designed so beautifully by the Lord. Think of the women at the cross. Women have such potential for devotion, for service, and I'm excited to see what we can do as a as the women's ministry to help out all different facets of our church. So kind of the broad areas for service right now are our children, church operations, help for the hurting within our church and in the community, our ministry partners, specifically Love Life and uh, PSS, and our, our women's ministry, um, just us. So... When we're finished, in the back, you'll see different tables with uh, forms to fill out, and we really hope you will do that, because that not only lets us know, what are you interested in? Is it the fall retreat? Hey, can you come to a Bible study? Do you want us to pray for you? Those kind of things. We'd, We'd love to gather, but we'd also love to gather, hey, are you interested in helping with the toddler Sunday school class, or hey, do you think you could um, come to a Love Life event? Are you somebody who would enjoy setting up communion? So these are things that um, we're actively asking, where's the Lord leading you? And what's something that just naturally rings true for you? Or where's an area that you have conviction that, hey, I might be fighting this, but this is the step forward to obedience. So um, those are our service crews. So how are we getting this done, right? And and before I do that, I want to just give us a quick dates to remember. This will also be a hard copy. So do not feel like you have to scribble this down unless you want to. Feel free to take pictures, but we will have a hard copy of this for you. So um, our retreat event, September 29th, our, our Bible, start, Bible study start in October and run through November. You can see our dates and times there. And of course, Women's Prayer and Book Club operating those normal times. And I'm putting in a plug for August Book Club. I have the privilege of leading this book, Lord Thalgren's Letters by Randy Alcorn. So if you're looking for fiction that has some really beautiful redemptive tie-ins with scripture, this is a really fun read for August. And I do believe Brittany has a great book cooking up for September, which is not fiction. So you definitely want to check that out too. Um, And these are the fellowship fun dates and times. So you can pencil them in now and hopefully you can come. Um, Of of course, TBD with what we're doing, um, but these times are are set, Lord willing. So again, this will be out in the hallway for you to pick up. So how are we bringing this to you? Who's involved? That's what I'd like to cover next. So um, I want to take some time to introduce the elders' wives to you, and we're calling we're calling them the women's leadership team because I know elders' wives rolls trippingly off the tongue. So the women's leadership team, and these are women dedicated to, of course, praying for you um, and planning and just offering oversight for what we're doing. So I'm going to, I have the privilege of reading their bios, which are really wonderful. And anytime, ladies, you want to stand up, whether at the 
top end of your bio, the end, whatever feels natural, um, we will get, you know, have you seeing a face with this info. So first, well, there we go. Meet. Let's go. Um, first is Linda Breed. So Linda Breed is a bond servant of Jesus Christ. She has been married to Jeff for 40 years, and they have four children and eight grandchildren. She had the privilege of serving as senior pastor's wife for 34 years in Rochester, New York. The Breeds now serve in the prison ministry. Linda loves our church family and is blessed to serve in any way the Lord directs. So Linda, there's Linda Breed. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Let's hear from Linda. Thanks. All right. Next, we have Nancy Dorinsky. Nancy grew up in an apostolic Christian church but had the notion that she had to really clean up her act and never sin again before she could be saved. A couple from Campus Crusade came to her door on the Ohio State University campus and shared the gospel with her. She accepted Christ as her Lord and Savior willingly and knew she was never going to make it by good works. Paul and Nancy were married after working together at the Ohio State University hospitals in the intensive care unit for years. They were blessed to have some awesome teachers of the Bible, including listening to Chuck Smith on the radio. When they later moved to the Philadelphia area, they joined their first Calvary Chapel. She says, quote, when we moved to North Carolina, we knew we needed to find a Calvary Chapel, and we're blessed to find Calvary Chapel of Chapel Hill, where we have grown and been able to serve. Nancy loves gardening, tennis, and time with her three grown children and six grandchildren. There's Nancy. All right, next we have Michelle Marini. <laughs> back and forth, back and forth. Michelle has been a believer in Jesus Christ, having been raised in Catholicism. But in 1985, after being discipled in the Word of God, she repented of her sin and made a commitment to receive and believe that Jesus is Savior and Lord of her life, and she was baptized as an adult. She has been married to Dave since 1977 and both served at Calvary Chapel Stone Mountain in Georgia in the 90s. Then they moved to Raleigh in 2000, and in 2003, the Lord called them to plant Calvary Chapel of Chapel Hill. They had three grown sons along with seven grandchildren. Even though Pastor Dave has retired as senior pastor, they know the Lord has continuing ministry for them both. Michelle. <laughs> Trish Pascal. Trish has been married to her college sweetheart for 59 years. They have two children and six grandchildren. They were married for 12 years when they met Jesus and were saved at Calvary Chapel Costa Mesa in 1976. They have been part of five different Calvary chapels through 29 moves across the country. Jack was a Navy pilot and finally found their real home here at Calvary Chapel, Chapel Hill. She says, quote, life with Jack has been an adventure from the beginning and changed forever when we were saved and Jesus became our pilot. Trish! <laughs> and Sue Pope. 
Sue is a retired pharmacist and has a blended family of five adult children and 13 grandchildren. She has been serving the Lord here at Calvary Chapel of Chapel Hill for about 16 years and is looking forward to serving in any capacity the Lord leads. Sue. And I also wanted to share about me. So it really is my honor to serve alongside these women and to serve you. And I'd love to tell you more about my story of coming to the Lord and how he's continuing to direct me and amaze me and provide for me. So my story begins, truly, with my grandmother. So my grandmother's name is Rita Kelly, and she grew up in Catholicism, but came to faith in Jesus and began praying daily for her children and grandchildren. And this really changed the course of many of our lives. I attended, I I came to faith in Jesus, um, and I was watered by her prayers. I grew up in a Christian home, attended church, and Awana multiple times a week for many, many years. And it was through these many church encounters, I heard the salvation message at a young age, and I accepted Jesus again and again and again. Anytime there was a flannel graph, anytime, it was very urgent for me. But the older I got, the more I, I did under, start to understand, and um, I did memorize scripture voraciously and started journaling prayers to the Lord as I got older. So the main things I prayed for growing up, and this is a picture of my sisters and I, the, the main things I prayed for that I truly poured my heart out to the Lord for were my own bedroom, because I shared with both of my sisters, and that was really embarrassing. So I prayed for my own bedroom, I prayed for a dog, and I prayed for the chance to be an actress. So acting, for me, had really began as storytelling, and storytelling truly was a part of my entire being. My dad would make up a new story every night, and I still have memories of telling my first story when I was about two, and it had a conflict, it had a resolution, it had characters, um, and I truly did grow up immersed in a pretend world, and I was often talking out loud, in character, in costume, and thankfully, thankfully, I did discover the world of theater through um, church plays and through high school plays, if we can show you. There we go. Um, So I, on the left, I am the one sticking my arm out at an odd angle. And the second is a high school theater picture uh, of the play Cinderella. So I devoted every fiber of my being to the theater when I discovered it, to script analysis, to character development, and to diving into every aspect of the show. And I truly would pray and journal through all the pieces of playing a role And when I heard Eric Little's quote in Chariots of Fire, I truly was able to say it for myself that when I act, I feel his pleasure. So interestingly, during all of this, I had actually never seen a professional play or taken an acting class. This was truly um, a grassroots movement in my heart. Um, Fast forward to my sophomore year of college, and I found myself transferring to Liberty University to pursue the brand new theater major. I quickly found that my New Jersey self was in a foreign world in the South, (laughs) and it was just so hard to navigate, and there was just so many disappointments and hardships in those those early 
weeks that that pressure just started to mat, to to um, just grow. And it, as a as a new transfer student, I had to go to a lot of chapel services, which I think at the time they were they were all required. And it, it was it, it ended up being such a blessing for me because the Lord really used the truth of his word to astound me, even though I had grown up in a Christian home and I had grown up with a heart that did love the Lord, I truly was astounded finding myself answering an altar call and falling on my knees and truly surrendering my life and my will to the Lord. And the presence of the Holy Spirit was so real to me. God's word seemed to jump off the page at me. And it was really during these beautiful months that the Lord answered a very special prayer to truly become an actress. So despite incredible odds, as a brand new transfer student, I did land the role of Daisy in Driving Miss Daisy. And this really catapulted a bunch of... um, you know, future plays for me. Um, From there, I studied as much as I could from all of my professors and went deeper and deeper. And in the summers, I was teaching students and was truly um, finding worship in the work that I got to do. Um, I I continued this truly for the next decade. I did much of the same, um, playing roles uh, across uh, the East Coast and um, some in some other countries and um, uh, working with students um, in different places. And it was really surprising to me because um, around my late 20s, I had just gotten to play some dream roles of um, Rosalind in a... Um, much Ado About Nothing um, in England and Emily in our town in Philadelphia. And these were just just some really fun roles to play in some really fun venues. But right at that time when that was happening, I had an unexpected offer to become, uh, to teach um, at a public school as a full-time theater teacher. It was a new arts department at Trenton Central High School. And Trenton Central High School at the time was economically depressed, reportedly violent, and one of the lowest performing public schools in the state. So it was, you know, as a starving artist, this looks really glamorous, but as like a starving artist, a steady paycheck really sounds tantalizing. But leaving the world of performing also uh, and to serve in such an environment was frightening and was confusing. But I couldn't dismiss this offer, and I was praying fervently for direction from the Lord. And it became clear that I had a choice. I really had a choice. I could continue to do theater that honored the Lord, or I could move closer to his heart by moving closer to his children in need. And by his grace, I chose the latter, and my life really will never be the same. So my first year at Trenton Central High School really it was something out of a movie. I had, you know, horrible classroom management. And in fact, a student tried to light her hair on fire in class one day. So it was just, what was I doing? But it was during these hard months that I experienced three graces. So the first grace was I joined a church plant, which enabled me to move into the city and to be able to really interact and share the gospel in the, my students' community. Um, The second grace was I started a drama club, and this became, this really changed the 
trajectory for me as a teacher. So in drama club, I really got to build relationships with my students and that catapulted us into making theater day and night, going to competitions, creating plays for all different kinds of occasions. And um, the relationships that I was able to develop with my students continue many to this day. And some of these precious students went on to study theater and then to become working actors. And it was very special to be in that place in time. And um, it was such a get to. But back to the first year, the third grace I experienced in that first year was I was cast in a play. Now, for much of that year, 2013, 2014, I had been auditioning and auditioning. I would leave school at 2.45 whenever we were over. And instead of lesson planning, I would go to an audition. And the door was just firmly shut. I wasn't even getting a call back. It was just, it was a flat out no. And I realized, you know, it's time to lay this down and work at what's in front of me and be a good teacher and learn how to be a good teacher. So imagine my surprise when in February of 2014, I was invited to audition for a new play. I had submitted months before, but God's timing is really, truly perfect. My submission was lost in the spam folder and the production just couldn't cast the female lead named Grace. So I joyfully auditioned and this time I got the role. So the production company told me that the actor playing my husband, who was a famous opera singer, was working on another booking so we would finally get to rehearse. We hadn't even met each other till a week before the play opened, which is very unusual. So the play opened and I will never forget the day because it was love at first sight. When I saw Vince Bradley Vincent, he was an incredible actor to work with. And I was also really amazed by his, his uh, passion for the Lord and the frequency with which he was reading or quoting from his open Bible. By the end of the production, I was head over heels in love. But we said goodbye and we went home and his home was three hours away. So I really prayed that the Lord might allow me to marry this man which is a big ask. It's a big ask. Um, and the Lord said yes. But let me tell you that um, that was, I could never imagine the joys ahead or the reality of God's comfort that was going to be so much needed because we had four years um, of breakups, a long distance courtship, engagement and marriage. And we waited, we waited on the Lord and we waited on intimacy for four years. And we were 32 when we got married and we didn't miss out on anything. So uh, we were married in Connecticut um, on a lake. It was really a special time and married life truly was a new adventure. We, uh, we lived and worked at a boarding school for troubled boys in freezing Connecticut. This is probably one of seven sunny days in Connecticut when this picture was taken. Um, as the uh, associate head of school, Vince was typically on call 24-7. And it was not unusual to see him rush out to handle violence, runaways, or even suicide watch. And I had the privilege of running the theater program and I got to base every theater season on scripture verses in context. And we saw God's power and faithfulness change the lives of the boys and their families. This was a get to.
It was a big get too. So 2020 was an eventful year for all of us, but it was a really eventful year for the Vincent family because we ex we were expecting Mr. B, Baldrick. Um, and this was so special for us because we had truly surrendered our future family to the Lord in his timing. He led us to a Christian midwife. We had a victorious home birth in October of 2020. And it was also during this time that Vince was offered a school headship in North Carolina. He had never been. He was working through the Gospel of Matthew, and uh, he had, had also worked through Matthew right after becoming saved. And he landed in the same spot again and again, the verse about the harvest and the laborers. He decided to surrender his future to the Lord and take a step to serve this new group of boys in Durham, North Carolina. So because of COVID restrictions, we moved sight unseen in June of 2021. So this is not quite a moving picture, but this is, uh, this is a couple years later. Um, but the second half of 2021 revealed some, some of the biggest challenges our little family had ever had to face. But within the whirlwind, we visited Calvary Chapel of Chapel Hill. Vince had attended Calvary Chapel Hudson Valley as a new believer in college, and he really grew exponentially in his faith. So we, we were really excited to check it out. And we will always remember Kim Booth's greeting at the door. We will remember, I will remember Callie, Kathy Hallett's stories in the nursery that first day. And we will remember Courtney's <laughs> high five to us on the way out. Calvary Chapel of Chapel Hill, you, you watered us to the depths of our soul, and the rest is history. So looking back, my story has always been about being watered, as I'm sure yours has been, from my grandmother's prayers to the Lord's provision in theater and teaching uh, and teaching, and as well as his provision of my husband, and now his provision of you, our church body. So it is my heart's desire to bless you in the same way. If you are here today, and you are thirsty, and you are in a dry place, I just want to encourage you that this is a year of watering you, watering each other, and um, I just invite you to... Uh, Pray along with us about the, what the Lord um, will be doing through um, through cultivating some of the, the dry ground and exchanging it for very, very moist hearts. So I just want to give you a quick reminder to check out what we have for you in the hallway. We do have gifts. We do have lots of questions because we want to know things. We want to know things about you. So please do take the time to... Um, to fill those out and take your clipboard, have some food, enjoy that. So that's what we have for you next. But I wanted to end in the way our church began with Michelle. So Michelle is going to come to close in prayer. But as she comes, Michelle, I want to personally say thank you to you for watering these women, <laughs> having a legacy of watering the women of Calvary Chapel, of Chapel Hill. 
your sacrifices and your steadfastness will reverberate for eternity. And thank you personally for the wisdom and the kindness you showed to me and to Vince in the transition. And I do want to make sure you know these are yours, even though it might be awkward to pray and hold your microphone. So those are for yours. Oh, no. Okay. Just one thought came to mind. Again, just the watering theme. We got our water bill. Water went up. <laughs> but thank you, Jesus. He doesn't charge. Heavenly Father, how we just thank you. Father God, how we praise you, Lord, for your love toward us. Lord God, that we have this fellowship of believers, Father, that as sisters in the Lord, Father, we can gather. We just thank you for this sweet time today. Thank you for all the organization and Christina's ideas that have just come to fruition, Father God, for making this day just a wonderful kickoff, Father. So we look forward to what you have for us in the future, Lord God, as you just direct our hearts and Holy Spirit just indwell us deeply, Lord, that we follow those promptings, Lord God, that you open those doors where you would have us serve. Lord, and just thank you that we're doing this locked arm in arm. So we just look forward to what you have for this church going future, going into the future, Lord God, and just thank you for the blessings of the past. Lord God, we just love you. We thank you. Lord, I just thank you for how you have ordained since the beginning of time to have Vince and Christina, Lord, step into this role. Father, so we just go, again, just um, trusting in you, looking for your leading, your guiding, Lord. So just bless our, our time, our fellowship time together, Lord. We just thank you. We give you all praise and honor and glory that's due you. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. And bless the food for our bodies. It looks delicious. Thank you. All right. Go enjoy, please.